You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. There's something in the air, and that something is the smell of a booming fragrance industry. Spending time inside and practicing social distancing means we're interacting with products much different than we ever did before. And while you might think something as specific as fragrance would lose its power during a time when people are going out less and staying in more, the opposite has proven to be true. The U.S. prestige beauty industry generated $22 billion in 2021, a 30% increase in dollar sales versus 2020, according to the NPT Group. The fragrance category registered double-digit growth against both 2020 and 2019 as consumers look to treat themselves. The fourth quarter accounted for 45% of fragrance category sales revenue in 2021, growing by 35% during the critical holiday selling season. My guest on the luxury item is an accomplished luxury and consumer goods executive who's helping to map out the future of prestige beauty. Laura Azaria is general manager of Couture Brands at L'Oreal. Laura is part of the L'Oreal Lux division and oversees designer portfolios like Prada, Valentino, Mugler, and Victor and & Rolf. With more than 20 years of experience across product strategy operations across all beauty categories, Laura Azaria has led several successful launches with innovative ways to disrupt the market and is known for pushing boundaries of the new marketing reality in digital with strong customer and data focus. Welcome to the luxury item, Laura. Hi, Scott. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. Prestige Beauty really had its moment in 2021. Sales jumped as people were re-entering society. I guess you could say, you know, they're putting their best face forward. Prestige fragrances in particular emerged as the brightest star with unprecedented growth. Were you seeing a similar surge with L'Oreal's designer fragrances? Oh, absolutely, yeah, Scott. It's been, uh, I mean, uh, 2021 has been a quite of a, an interesting year, you know, for, you know, many reasons. Uh, and while uh, I think uh, everybody was... Uh, still going through COVID and everything, the, the consumer gravitated towards uh, different experience and, um, and, and fragrance was part of it. Um, it's been a year of uh, amazing growth for the um, entire fragrance category and uh, market share gains for all the brands, including um, our portfolio on, on L'Oreal. It's been phenomenal for both women and men, by the way. Did you see by any chance that consumers were gravitating specifically to designers or celebrities um, during COVID, their specific fragrances? It was really across the board. Um, There was definitely um, a willingness to go a little bit more sophisticated, elevated, but I would say like fragrance in general has been uh, experiencing that, um, that growth and, and on different formats, you know, I think fragrance, but um, Included also, um, we've seen on on candles, other categories as such that uh, created that moment of uh, self care and yeah. um, self indulgence. Um, I think it uh, that was definitely part of uh, the the consumer behavior, experience, desire that we observed. So, you, can you talk a little bit about L'Oreal's Couture brands and uh, what you do in your role as uh, general manager? Sure. So um, I'm the general manager for um, some L'Oreal fragrances. So we have a few. So I'm, uh, I'm in charge of uh, four brands. Um, 
and uh, in charge of the uh, Victor and Rolf brand, um, Valentino, uh, Mugler, and uh, Prada. So an, an amazing team. I, I just want to acknowledge them because it's an amazing team of true uh, industry experts, and they're passionate about uh, growing our portfolio of brands. In uh, as I said before, uh, you know, it's been a, a year of personal challenges for many people around COVID, but at the same time. Uh, it's been a, a, an amazing year um, from a, a growth standpoint in business. In terms of uh, the portfolio, it's an interesting portfolio of brands. So Victor and Wolf is the iconic uh, brand that we've had in our portfolio as a license for many years and mm-hmm. with the iconic Flower Bomb, which is a top 10 in women's um, and uh, keeps on, on growing. We're really a portfolio of acquisition brands for L'Oreal. So... Valentino was integrated that in 2019, and since then we'll talk about it. Um, it's been an exponential growth and very, very exciting. Uh, Mugler was the, the other acquisition that uh, took place uh, in my portfolio, it was also with Azaro, but in my portfolio I have a Mugler that was acquired and integrated in 2020. And then the final uh, latest kid on the block is uh, on our portfolio is Prada. And um, that was uh, integrated back uh, last year. And, um, and it's interesting. And actually, um, our CEO always, uh, uh, you know, referred to, um, to uh, you know, how do we grow nurture brand into big brands? So it's, it's really uh, my role as a, as a GM to, uh, to grow, nurture these beautiful brands to, uh, um, you know, they are global brands. And then how do we connect with the U.S. consumers, um, continue to... Uh, build these brands yet you know taking into account the fact that it's a portfolio of what we call couture brands so it's really our, the name of our portfolio we, we call ourselves the couture brands uh, because we have the fashion houses and they represent fashion so we work hand in hand with uh, our global partners to make sure that whatever we do on our fragrance brand is very complementary in line with the image of the fashion houses which are super super powerful as brands I'm assuming that you're looking to grow that portfolio as well. I uh, will see. We're um, definitely growing this one. We're, we're, yeah. take care, we're taking care of the existing children and then we'll see after. <laughs> <laughs> and you officially launched Valentino Beauty in the U.S. in July of last year. What was the launch strategy for Valentino Beauty? So, um, you know, just first, like taking a little bit of a, of a step back, you know, as I said, um, you know, Valentino um, uh, brand was integrated in 2019. And mm-hmm. um, actually, I, I should mention because it's, we're very proud of, of, of that and the results, but uh, it was really tiny when, um, and very, uh, with a very small distribution when we um, uh, integrated the license back in 2019. And, mm-hmm. and now we're like, Valentino fragrance is a top 15 uh, in just three years. So, it's been phenomenal to see the reaction, the consumer appetite for a brand um, like that, which is very, very elevated. And, and the brand fitted perfectly the L'Oreal portfolio for what we need to do. It's a very unique personality, uh, has this happiness um, as well, you know, as a brand. And, um, and so we launched with the Valentino Born in Roma fragrance. Um, and then last year, um, the, the Voce Viva. And then Beauty yeah. was launched in June last year. 
it was just very natural. You know, when you think about Valentino as a brand, um, there is something very colorful. If you think about the, the fashion runway with Pierpaolo, um, uh, bringing to life this like a clash of colors and inclusivity. Um, so we launched Beauty last year with, you know, quite of a, a wide range of, uh, of SKUs across like face, foundation, lip, and very, very inclusive um, in terms of the, the, the look and feel, the, the range that we selected, the, the, the models and the visuals that we brought to, uh, that we brought to life. You started the launch on the Valentino Beauty website, right? You really didn't get into the stores like Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom until afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. For us, it was super important to um, create um, that moment, which was very Valentino, a moment where we uh, launched our own D2C um, with, the, with the couture makeup positioning and launch um, at the same time. So we did that for a couple of months. We wanted to create that moment. Um, and, uh, and then we uh, quickly uh, rolled out um, into, uh, into the, the rest, I mean, into some distribution, very curated distribution. Um, so we launched at uh, Nordstrom uh, and then Neiman Marcus. And, and then um, in December, we launched at Sephora and now we're rolling out at Sephora as we speak in, in some doors. What was the brand narrative that you wanted to communicate to consumers when Valentino Beauty launched? So the, the positioning of the campaign is Couture Makeup Begins With You. Um, so uh, that was really the way to express and celebrate each and every consumer. Um, and um, we actually launched with 16 different brand ambassadors across all diversity. And uh, for us, Valentino Beauty is the what we like to say, the couture excellence for all, and it's all genders, all skin tone. It celebrates all personal styles. Um, so uh, I'm sure you've had the chance to see the, the beautiful, honestly, the beautiful campaign. I did. And uh, we like the, the, the positioning of colorful couture um, and, um, and, and ties in with fashion. Um, I, I hope uh, you felt that because it's, it's color, but it's also fashion. It's high fashion, it's high touch. There is the there is also in it the um, the the refillable packaging. Mm -hmm. Sorry, um, mm -hmm. so we launched with a refillable packaging, so we could uh, introduce this range in a in a sustainable way. And um, so you can buy your lipstick, you can refill it uh, with different shades. Um, so you can really have your lip wardrobe portfolio without excess packaging. And um, one of the heroes cue. Um, that really ties in with the fashion. So um, is the Go Clutch, what we call the Go Clutch, which was an accessory uh, that existed within the Valentino fashion that was mm -hmm. then uh, adapted to um, the, the makeup line. So you can you know, wear it as a crossbody. So it, it's really our way to express the fashion and the color and the makeup uh, together. So model Adut Akesh and Lady Gaga were tapped to be the faces of the beauty brand and fragrances upon its launch. What values do these two brand ambassadors embody that speak to the Valentino beauty brand? No, it's an excellent question. And, and actually Adut, um, he, Adut has been part of the Valentino fashion 
um, right. before um, she was chosen as the first spokesperson actually for the fragrance launch of Born in Roma. So she's been uh, one of the muse of uh, Pier Paolo. And um, so both Adut and Lady Gaga actually, they are like strong, powerful women. Their story is, is quite incredible. Um, the story of Adut as a refugee to the success that you know, she is experiencing now. Lady Gaga, her past and, and the values that she embodies from an inclusivity standpoint. Um, so they really represent everything that Valentino wants to embody and is. Um, so they're glamorous, they're fun, um, they, they like to play with their beauty looks, but they also have their, this inner, inner power and, uh, um, and they celebrate everyone's um, individuality every single day and, uh, and they capture that spirit. So um, in a very uh, effortless, a very organic, um, authentic, um, way for us. And um, we love them. And consumers buy into the products by seeking deeper connections rooted in the identity and heritage behind the brand. How does Valentino Beauty lean into decades of its brand heritage and the culture of couture for its fragrances? Yeah, both fragrances and, and, and makeup, by the way. So um, on fragrances, uh, I'll start with the fragrances where the bottle of uh, Born in Roma has these glass studs, which is super recognizable for Valentino. It's the signature of Valentino. And actually the stud, uh, just you know, to share like a little bit of an anecdote, but the stud comes from the Roman architecture where mm -hmm. you know, in Rome, when you're in Rome, you, you have a lot of like buildings that has these like studs in stone. So that was the inspiration. Um, and then from the stones in Roma to the stud in stone in Roma to the bottle in glass, you, you have that both on the born in Roma, but also on the on the Voce Viva with the, the, the Valentino red, the stud. So that's for the fragrance. So it, it's super important to, to have that. Even it comes on the bottle, but it also actually comes on the carton. So the carton of born in Roma has this debossed, um, I'm gonna use like some technical word, but debossed stud so you mm -hmm. can feel Valentino when you buy the product, the product. And then when it comes to beauty, that was the, um, uh, the V logo, which is also another signature from fashion, the, the gold V logo that is a signature with the gold um, that's remanent of the hardware that you find on the accessories, the handbags and the shoes, uh, along with the studs. So all of that was inspired um, by fashion. Um, and, um, and I, I mentioned the happiness, but it's also the, the brightness, the light, um, which is really uh, what you feel when you're in Rome. Um, and so that's the whole story that is put together behind the, these products. So it's the rock stud, it's the V logo, and it's all tied in like the fashion, the fragrance and the makeup together. Like many industries, the COVID-19 crisis was a wake-up call for the beauty business. Store closures and their sluggish reopening contributed to a big decline in overall U.S. sales. But a category like fragrances, which was once thought to be impossible to sell online, posted monumental digital sales growth. How did your brands ramp up their digital offerings during the crisis? 
It's an excellent question, uh, Scott. And, and, and actually, the, you know, selling fragrance on digital was, you know, to your point, a question that we had even before COVID. Like, how do you smell something through, um, through a computer? Like, how do you just have that sensor? It's not like makeup where you have the right. instant payoff and instant gratification or hair. And, and I think like every challenge in life, when you have to, uh, when you're facing a challenge, you have to overcome it. And um, that's what we do. Uh, that's what we do at L'Oreal. And, uh, but you have to be creative and resourceful. So we worked um, very much hand in hand with our global uh, brand partners with the, with the brief of, you know, let's create content that smells so we can connect with the consumers. And, and we tested, we learned and, we tried, and and I think if you uh, if you were to to go and 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 look on the Valentino product page on any of our retailers uh, partners or our own D two C, there was a very much of a effort intention to into the mix, so ingredients that people can relate to, so they um, uh, could trigger some sort of uh, olfactory sense and, and feel, you know, and smell what the fragrance could be via mm-hmm. images. So we really push ourselves on that. You know, it's interesting. Someone asked me the other day, how are you going to sell fragrances in the metaverse? That's the million dollar question. And I know <laughs> they're like million dollars spent on buying real estate on, meta- uh, on the metaverse. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it's... Uh, uh we'll 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 figure it out and um and uh and on the metaverse you know on valentino more on makeup um we partners with some some um some designers creators you know that actually took the inspiration of the packaging of makeup to create some nft so it's interesting to see how the beauty will be actually uh, going into into that you know i think the consumer is gonna go and um, how fast is it going to go? I think that's the, the, the key question right now. Yeah. And did consumers turn to brands they knew or were they open to discovering new brands during COVID? So what, what did you find out about the consumer that you thought perhaps was interesting? I think, you know, what's interesting is the, I think it was a little bit of a mix. I, I think at the very beginning, we saw that consumers wanted to go back to something that they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw that, but even the the brands that they knew, we had to evolve. And uh, you know, going back to your comment on on the content, how do you sell? You know, fragrance. We, for example, on on a brand like Flower Bomb, we created like in real life content with some um, influencers. Uh, we partnered with Miss Fame, so uh, they could talk about the. The, the, the fragrance in, in a real way, a relatable way, even for a brand that has been around for a long time. And um, for, uh, so that's for like the existing brands. I think right. existing brands, existing iconic, you know, I think there was a reassurance. I do think though that the consumer was, and that's why we saw growth um, in the category, they, the consumer wanted to experience something different. And, um, and I think one observation that we, uh, we believe happened is the, the fact that in a world that people could not 
escape, right? Because you're in a lockdown. What do you do? You're at home. Um, fragrance came around as being something that created an escape, um, created like a, a moment to self-discover new senses. So a way to travel, which is what's you know inherent to fragrance, and 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 we know that in Europe the fragrance category is much bigger than um, the size of the fragrance category in the U.S. So um, we we do believe that the consumers was willing to explore and and started to be interested in the fragrance category where perhaps before they didn't uh, pay attention to it or didn't feel connected with it. And so when the lockdowns eased and you know consumers were coming out. Were you finding that they were turning to fragrances that were different because they wanted to feel like themselves again or needed to feel new again? Um, what we saw is um, we saw some trend of going towards more intense fragrance. And um, so that was something new as well, um, you know, where, again, from a behavior standpoint in the US, you know, there was... Uh, perhaps a little bit more of a fragrance that you don't want to be too much uh, overpowering in your face. And, and I think with um, uh, lately, the, the consumer is like feeling more comfortable and, 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 and finding different occasions to uh, wear fragrance. Making um, a statement, you think? Yeah, I think there is a statement. I mean, fragrance typically we know was uh, something for a special occasion to go outside of your home. Um, but now we, we also see occasions inside of the home, um, working from home, you, you still like get ready and, and you want to have that moment for yourself. So um, that's, that's something that we saw, as I said at the beginning, also the boom in candles. Um, and it's part of this self-indulgence, self-discovery. And in addition, I, I would say the, the shift could be associated as well to the explosion of social media mm -hmm. and uh, more and more organic content has been made for the category uh, in fragrance to be much more approachable to attract new consumer younger consumers um, discover that category that has been perhaps a little bit of a smaller category versus the rest of the world yeah do you think that beauty shoppers got smarter about fragrances during the pandemic I think so. I think the consumers like, do they knew the ingredients and the notes? Were they more into that than they were before? They're craving it. I think they are. They are definitely uh, the the consumer. She's, you know, she he's very smart. Um, they're very demanding. So that's why we test the content to make sure we continue to optimize the needs. But there is definitely a craving for this authentic content um, to understand what it smells like and. Um, and when it comes to the notes, um, you see uh, more and more sophisticated um, content, but yet simple and approachable so the consumer can uh, understand it. Did you see an increased attention to clean beauty as well? Um, not, not, uh, it's there. Um, I, I don't know if it's the most, you know, I don't know if it's the, the biggest ask from, uh, from that category, but to be, to be defined. So L'Oreal has amassed a sizable e-commerce business over the years, you know, spanning branded stores, affiliates, social networks, and marketplaces, and now TikTok. You know, some L'Oreal brands have already tested shoppable live streams and rolled out shoppable storefronts on TikTok to engage with Gen Z. How are L'Oreal's couture fragrance brands approaching TikTok? Definitely part of the go-to market, huh, Scott. Um, you know, we, we've done it on fragrance. It's... Uh, 
we partner with creators. Um, we um, we have both organic uh, content, boosted content, um, and it's it's a very important platform. And um, in terms of your question for um, you know live stream, um, it's something that we played as we are uh, going back on the beauty. It was super important. So that's why when we launched with the D2C, we did live streaming, shopping, um, and we know the consumer is more and more engaged. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, it's this craving of having very approachable, relatable, personable um, content. And TikTok is, is perfect for that. But I think live streaming is also perfect for that because you can have that engagement and then instant gratification. Um, we did something with Raul, who is our global, um, our global makeup artist, to have that moment on beauty, and and it's we know it's a big trend in Asia, and we believe it'll continue to grow in the U.S. So you see um, social commerce and live streaming playing a bigger role uh, in engaging with consumers. Absolutely. You know, beauty lends itself well to virtual experiences, thanks to the inherent experimentation and sense of play in cosmetics. And virtual try-on technology is rapidly becoming table stakes for beauty brands. But when it comes to the metaverse, beauty brands are taking these baby steps. Where do you see the metaverse opportunity for fragrances and you know cosmetics and beauty in general? No, it's super interesting, um, Scott. Uh, and uh, and and for sure, when it comes to the metaverse, virtual try-on for beauty, as you mentioned. It's super important. And TikTok, you know, it's super important to connect with the consumer. It's part of the consumer journey. That's the way consumers are, you know, want to explore and connect with our products, connect with our brands. And um, at the same time, and, and we're taking steps there and, and or not even steps, we're there. Um, at the same time, for us, what's super important when it comes to the luxury beauty and for brands, um, like Valentino, Prada, for Victor and Wolf, for Mugler, all these brands that are part of the luxury beauty, we need to also strike the balance between the offline and online. So as, as much as we are absolutely uh, going into the digital, we also want to have that consumer journey that it's very complete with the offline and online connection. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's a high touch business, it's a service business, um, and uh, it's part of the consumer journey and, and it's more and more complex, but at the same time, it's more and more fascinating and it's more and many more ways to express our brands and connect with our consumers. Consumers are becoming more open to purchasing fragrances exclusively online. And aside from overall purchase behavior moving toward digital channels due to the pandemic, there's also been a push of these new DTC fragrance brands such as Sniff and Skylar and Scentbird, and they're using uh, new sampling innovations. Are you seeing increased competition from these DTC fragrance startups? I think it, I don't think it's a competition. I think it's complementary. We are we we're looking at uh, um, you know we've seen the the these brands and and I think it's a. It's, it's another way to continue to attract and grow the fragrance category as a whole, um, but it's a very different market, very different positioning than the uh, couture elevated brands that we have. But uh, I think it's super interesting and complementary to, we need to grow that fragrance category. So um, uh, there is room for everyone. 
So it's a new year, riding on the crest of a, a very successful wave of sales last year. So what do you see as the big prestige beauty themes for 2022? Uh, I think 2022 is uh, a bit what I was saying before on the Omni experience, uh, the online and offline connection, the new way of living. Um, we see the makeup uh, market rebounding. Uh, we continue to see the growth in fragrance, which is exciting. And um, more and more opportunity to grow and recruit more into the category as you know mentioned before when you look at the size of the fragrance category in europe versus uh in the us it's full of opportunities um and uh, i do believe the consumer will continue to discover new senses and uh, want to experience new things the world like continues to be complicated uh and um and, and i think beauty is um this escape uh, both on on beauty makeup and and fragrance it's an escape it's it's a way to uh to really connect back to uh, your inner sense any new product launches or programs you can talk about uh, we have a or lot tease? <laughs> we have a lot and uh, maybe we can schedule another one in fall uh, <laughs> <laughs> on a different brand i know we talk more about valentino but we'd be more than happy to share more as we go into fall, but we have a, a lot of innovation, um, big launches in, in, you know, also um, in the making, but uh, yeah, I can only tease. Uh, and, but it's a, it's a very exciting year ahead of us for both uh, fragrances and, and makeup. <laughs> so Laura, my final question, which is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests, if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what luxury item would that be? It can't be any form of air transportation, water transportation, or anything that requires mobile service. It's just you on this deserted island with sand, a bunch of palm trees, surrounded completely by miles and miles of ocean. What would that one luxury item you would like to have with you? First of all, you make me dream right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, it's always hard to choose one, especially I'm, I'm managing a portfolio of four brands now. And, and I'm sure you might be expecting perhaps like something around fragrance or makeup. But I have to say when um, I hear island and the sun and, and, and everything, I also think skincare. So I, I would uh, I give a little bit of a wink to uh, one of our uh, sister brand in L'Oreal with the uh, Lancome um, Absolute Skincare, um, for sure, for me uh, to bring. And, uh, and although not super practical, I, I would bring my Valentino shoes. <laughs> Laura, I, lo I love that you're on brand, um, no matter what the situation is. Exactly. So I love that. Laura Azaria, General Manager of Couture Brands at L'Oreal USA. Thank you so much for joining me on The Luxury Item. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott. That was amazing. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time. <laughs>